0: you know what that sound means welcome to the most interesting part of your day an exciting episode of the metaphysical mysteries with your intrepid hosts dr terry trubla and tom greenhall always finding the seekers in this world and reporting it directly to you the free and the brave we encourage all of our fans to check out our website at www.themetaphysicalmysteries.com where we have more content and reference items links to many of our amazing and cutting-edge guests we are excited to have you with us again and as you know this is the must-do podcast for anybody who is anybody in the metaphysical field we cover everything from ghosts UFOs Bigfoot amazing healing sciences and leading technologies that are simply the coolest We'll bring in researchers, doctors, and authors and give you content that you cannot get anywhere else. Check out our latest merchandise and proudly wear and use the Metaphysical Mysteries clothing and accessories. Now, on with our next episode.
1: Good morning, folks. Hey, this is Terry and Tom at the Metaphysical Mysteries Podcast. Another exciting episode here today, the most interesting part of your day, and we have with us today an international spirit medium, also medical intuitive, which is Rich Braccone. Uh, He comes to us from a police background with uh, undercover narcotics, criminal detective, worked on an emergency response team, which is kind of high speed, low drag type of stuff, um, very involved at the black belt level, uh, martial arts and had your own school and you turned yourself into a
2: spirit medium or you recognize it. what's the, what's the real story there, Rich? Um, I always share with people that I'm self-taught. Um, it goes back to a time in my life where I was kind of at a low point and I decided to try to change, um, myself and be open to the truth And in that process, I learned that there's a physical side to us and a spiritual side to us. And in a nutshell, I started focusing more on the spiritual side of us. And that's when things just started growing and changing. Fantastic. So you're
1: out doing shows and things with people, is that correct?
2: It's been amazing, Terry. Um, You know, one of the things I always said to myself in the beginning, I was very skeptical of all of this. And in my skepticism, I said, you know, if God really exists, if we really do have a side of us that's spiritual and there is a communication that goes along with it, that's based on love, then I should see proof of it. And I've been doing this for about 11 years, uh, looking for proof. And sure enough, I've watched my business just organically grow all through word of mouth. And now it's, it's rare that my events, I probably do about 12 events, you know, 14 events a month and it's rare that they're not sold out. So it's it's been watching the proof of it all, it's just been amazing to me.
1: You know, one of the challenges for psychic mediums um, is believing in what they're hearing, seeing, you know, feeling, Uh, how did you get over that hurdle? Because that's really where a lot of people are, they just really don't want to jump out in the public when they really don't know if they're getting it for sure.
2: Yeah, you know, what What you just said is so true. Um, being self-taught and self-learned in this process, there has been so many different challenges and obstacles that I had to overcome. And so one of them is that in knowing the difference between our physical side and spiritual side, I recognize as um, what voice I put most value in. And so before, I used to put a lot of value in the voices of other people, how they perceived me. But then when you start to realize you're a spirit and your spirit is in a coexistence with a higher wisdom, I started putting more value in that voice. And so in that increased value in that voice, I was able to overcome my personal challenges from other people that came in skeptical, saying this is all nonsense. And then the cool thing happened is that as the validation and credibility started coming in my words and it started growing, people started now looking at themselves and going, oh, wait, maybe there's something true about this.
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: So I think it's about faith. I think it's about blind faith that there's two parts of us and showing faith in the coexistence between us and a higher power.
1: You know, all three of us from a law enforcement background, we get to see the real dirty underbelly of the world that the average person never gets to see. So our our view is slanted uh, as they say we're deviant from the normal population people think oh, that's yeah. bad but deviant's just different uh, in the way we look at things um, so how has your um, fellow law enforcement officers taken to this or how many of them actually know that you do this and have you had to prove it to them
2: uh, right now I'm retired and I'm kind of happy about that but in the very beginning you know my attitude was, I didn't go in to share with people because not all people are open to the truth. And it's something I think we're all taught when we're kids, like, you know, that the truth isn't going to produce the outcome that we want for ourselves. So people are skeptical of there's a spiritual side. But at the very same time, I wasn't ashamed that if it did come out, I wanted to show faith in that side of us that I feel that we were all created equally with. But um, when it did leak out, um, yeah, there's been many times where I go back to my locker and there's the all-seeing eye on my locker or <laughs> some <laughs> other kind of picture <laughs> to, yes. poke fun of, yeah, to poke fun of what, uh, what I was suggesting. Absolutely. Tommy, you've run into
1: that too, I know.
3: Oh yeah, we've kept things very quiet over the years. Things that we've <laughs> Terry and I have known each other 30 plus years and we didn't know each other was doing this kind of stuff. That's how tight we kept it because of the oh yeah, right,
1: absolutely.
2: Hey, yeah. you, I have a quick story because we're talking about humorous things. If you don't mind, sure. So in the very beginning, you know, keeping it under low key, like Tom was saying, um, I was doing just sporadic events, uh, talking to people um, that were on the other side, and again, keeping it keeping it low key. I had a a database of people that I would send a flyer out to just saying, hey, you know, if you're interested, you know, I'm going to be doing this event. I also had a database of um, prosecutors' names, assistant prosecutors' names, you or judges that I've worked in the past. So as I'm putting this flyer out to advertise a future event of mine at one o'clock in the morning, which is when you should never work on the computer at one o'clock in the morning, I then sent the flyer out to the database with all the superior court judges, all the assistant prosecutors, all the prosecutors, all the attorneys I dealt with. So in the morning time with their cup of coffee, as they're reading their morning email, here's an adverse times and gone, come see Rich Bercone, talk to people on the other side. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the kickback was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it was. Oh my god my my phone was off the hook ringing off the hook the next morning going what do you mean you talk to dead people what kind of nonsense is this yeah until the
1: guy who is um least likely to call you calls and uh you tell him hey your grandma just told me you know you should back off of the pancakes you're eating too much and she's a little worried about it because you know you put peanut butter on your pancakes and you're not supposed to uh and he's how the hell do you know i put peanut butter on my pancakes my advertising's real, dude. And uh that's what happens to me. I know they'll privately pull me off to the side. And I call these guys, uh, I mean, that you know, not necessarily law enforcement we can can be in some cases, but kind of uh, muckety mucks, you know, uh people in the community that wouldn't want to be known as somebody who went to see a medium, but they'll pull you off the side and say, Hey, what do you think about this, this, and this, you know, and don't tell anybody, you know, and okay, so I'll privately give them a A little reading, you know, or whatever it takes uh, to get their answer. But I, I totally get what you're saying. And I remember going out to lunch. Uh, with a group that did not know I did anything, and, and the waitress came by, and I gave her a reading, told her her grandmother was there, and she was going to go into nursing, and sure enough, exactly what I said was happening was ongoing at the time. She was in college switching to nursing, going to do this, and her grandmother was a nurse and was pushing her to do all that, but her grandmother had been dead, of course, for a number of years, and they're all looking at me, and they're like, how the hell does he know all this, and one, one guy that was there, he did know, he goes, oh, you guys haven't been out to lunch with Terry in a while. <laughs> 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 Shit happens all the time. <laughs> so anyway.
2: That's, about, that, that's what I was talking about, Terry. What you were doing, you were showing blind faith in that. You know, you, you don't think about the future and let your brain say, oh, it's not going to turn out well, which it often will do. You listen to the voice of your spirit showing blind faith going, hey, I'm being inspired to do this. Let me show faith in it. And then you always watch the positive outcome. That's much different than when we think too much and we try to control life in the way we want. So good compliments to you.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. I know that when I do teach uh, various brand new clairvoyants, I'll call them brand new, just they're new and experiences all. But I will oftentimes one of our field trips will be going out to have lunch and we will uh, read White staff you know, and they, we, you know, we ask them, we're polite, we're respectful, all that stuff, but, and they, they love it. I mean, absolutely love it. And I let them read them and then I do my part. And then we let them go ahead and answer what was correct and what wasn't. So they get that confidence, like what you're talking about. So if you're going to go do a show, I mean, you don't want to be standing in front of 20, 30, 40 feet, people or a thousand and then get it completely wrong. Um, you got to have that faith as you say. And I think that's really critical and to allow people that are getting into this to really develop and you know this is uh, our uh, this is not our first season uh, of course we're in second season. so we're going to be talking about more advanced things and so I think, I'm picking your brain on really how you feel when you're standing in front of a group of 50 people. Uh, what goes through your butterflies through the tummy or, or you just relax and just let it all hang out, whatever happens, happens. What,
2: how do you do it? You know, again, being self-taught, I think I have a little bit of, um, of advantage over other people. I'm not saying all people, but, you know, most people where I got an education about the process. You know, some people were born with a gift, and they'll tell you stories, hey, ever since I was a kid, I could just see spirits, and it grew, and that that wasn't me. So I actually became a student of the process, and then I realized the portion of us that was a spirit had this strength that I never used before, and I referred to it as the will of your spirit, and it has the strength to quiet your thinking and to put it in a secondary position. As you do it over time, over and over again, you reach a state of peace, there's a state of quietness and a state of stillness. When you're in that state of stillness, you no longer look at yourself as physical or human. So I'm able to get to that point. And when I do, prior to an event, my mental fears, my mental anxieties, my mental stress no longer exist in my life. It's all about just surrendering yourself to a communication that's just based on the truth. Sure. But I agree with you, Ter, that tell me if you find this to be true. As you go and you talk to the wait staff, there might be moments where you might be challenged on a greater level to communicate with someone in spirit in a different set of um, circumstances that might be more challenging to you. Do you find that to be true?
1: Oh, Certainly. Certainly, yeah. And what the way I may start uh, an interaction with them may not at all be how it ends. It could be completely, it can just go from here to zoom way up here instantaneously depends on what spirit wants to talk about.
2: Correct. So it's not based on what people mentally want, but what people spiritually need.
1: That's correct. You know, and many times it'll be from a, you know, a close family member and they will say to me, like, you know, I remember one with her dad and Uh, She said, oh, my God, you don't know how much I needed to hear from my daddy today. And and she goes, how did he find me? How did he find you? And I said, well, the way I explain it to them is this. Uh, It's like a telephone booth out in the desert. If you were out there by yourself and you saw a telephone booth, what would you do? You'd go in and call friends and family. That's what you do. I am just the telephone booth. He knew I had the ability to communicate with him, and you were in close proximity, so he made the call, and I was happy to connect it. Like Andy, and since we're talking about cop stuff, Andy and uh, Barney on Mayberry, I'm I'm Sarah. I make the connection.
3: (laughs) You may have to have people Google that because there's probably a younger audience that has no idea what you just referenced.
1: Tom, yeah, I, I, didn't to,
2: I didn't want to say, Tom, that I recognize that show, <laughs> but I do.
1: Very good. Now, let me ask you this, and I'm going to turn it over to Tom here on this portion of it, but I want to move into the, the medical intuitive part, because uh, yeah. Tom does a lot of medical stuff and related to this kind of work as well, mm-hmm. but when you get something on somebody, maybe maybe you're not even trying, and you're just sitting there, and you're getting something significant on somebody medically um first off how do you choose to say something and then if you do say something how do you say it and then what's your follow-up to that because we both run into that but let's get your take on that rich
2: yeah you know it's a that's a great great question um the medical intuition was what first happened to me Um, It wasn't talking to people on the other side. So I always talk about this process that I've learned. So I started connecting with a higher wisdom and I studied the communication that allowed me to do it. And I noticed my mannerisms changed, my philosophy changed, my words started changing and it represented more of um, what we consider to be a philosophy based on love. And then I started seeing medical imbalances in people and I thought it was crazy. And eventually I started talking to people, you know, on the other side. But with the medical, um, that's also true with the spiritual talk, talking to people in spirit, but also talking to higher wisdom. I went back to my original, my uh, original education was there's a physical side and a spiritual side. And I noticed in my physical side that I would observe life through my eyes and it would record in my head. And then I noticed my spiritual side had a different set of eyes that I referred to as my awareness. I could be aware of energies or a presence that told me a story. And the cool thing as I studied this over a period of time was I had control over what I wanted to be aware of. So when I started making myself aware of uh, a person and any kind of imbalances inside of their body, the story that was told to me was about those imbalances. And then I know I could apply that process to talking in spirits. If I became aware of someone, you know, in spirit, they would tell me a story about their life or a higher wisdom. I became aware of the higher wisdom. They told me a story about how all this was created. And so, learning how to have faith in it, um, I think was, you know, in the in the beginning, learning how to have faith in the meadow intuition because I didn't even know what it was. I had I had zero zero education about all of this, and. Showing a faith started off with me just diagnosing friends and then telling them to recommend other friends that I never met before, their friends, to come to me and let me diagnose them. And then watching the similarities between moments where people would say, I just got back from the doctors and you shared everything that the doctor did and he had to do all kinds of tests and you did it in five minutes here or 10 minutes here. So it was eye-opening. And then... Then came the cures, or then came being inspired with how can I make them better, like what Tom does, you know, with the natural medicine. You know, can I do that? And then I have great stories connected to that.
3: So how do you well, I, really buy into it? Because yeah. when I start off, I ask people what their spiritual belief system is. Yeah. In to see how far I can take it, because some people would be completely shut down if you suggested something, and yeah. others would be open to it. Obviously, how do you sell it to the folks?
2: So I think it's, um, I always say that the most powerful conversation we can have is speaking the truth, but in a loving way. And so when, when I do that, I think the most important thing is not violating somebody's free will. So again, I go back to being a student of how we were created equally. So everybody has free will. So I would start off saying, hey, um, are you interested in a reading? And just by them saying yes to that means that they were open to some kind of truthful um, understanding about themselves when it came to medical imbalances. And then what I would preface it with, or what I would end it with, conclude it with was, are you interested in the knowledge that I'm being inspired with on how to correct it? And then I would always say to them, you know, in a truthful and loving way, please verify it, do research, Um, see whether or not it resonates with you as the truth and if it does then take steps to include that in your life but make sure it's your own choice so I wouldn't violate the free will so I feel like our role is always to inspire people but never overstep our boundaries and being too forceful
3: if you run into I know I have where you're trying to do the work but you're getting a clear message that um, you are not to intervene in this one
2: yes that's happened several. That's happened several times, and I always show faith in what I'm, in what I'm receiving. So there's been many moments where I, I can I can spiritually sense that no matter what I say, mm-hmm. people aren't going to listen. Right. Yeah.
3: Yeah, that can be challenging. Sure. That could be challenging for sure when you have some information that might be helpful, or you know, as Terry and I've talked about, maybe it's a life path, life journey. A lesson type thing that you know is on the table that you're not supposed to get in the middle of it correct so, for permission before i even begin with the higher powers
2: how do you handle it tom what do you do
3: well if i get that kind of feedback then i just try to give them the positive spin of what i have but not share what i'm not allowed to share right kind of using uh terry's telephone analogy you know i might be on a different circuit so i don't belong there right at the moment
2: yeah. I think one of the, um, I think I, I so agree with you. And I think one of my understandings about all this is that I always have to look at it like we're a spirit and not physical. And the body's going to run out at different points in people's lives. But it's not my responsibility to help people. It's people's responsibility to help themselves. And all you have to do is start off being open to the truth. You don't have to listen to what people say but just be open to it and see if it resonates as a truth with you. So I think I give these, I I think what I try to do is give people tools that, that they're going to acknowledge that makes sense to them. Like, yes, I'll make my own decision. Please speak. But if it resonates with this, you know, within me, I'll choose it for myself. So I think it's empowering people that when something resonates with you, that's a voice that doesn't come from your head. It's coming from your spirit.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of, uh, well, I'll say science. Uh, some people call it pseudoscience yeah. about connecting your heart and your brain. And when you connect your heart and brain, that's when you're able to make those contact, uh, mm-hmm. your points, and get the data that's necessary. And that's written in ancient mystical texts in a lot of different ways, put in a lot of different types of languages, and we have to understand it in the modern sense, and really, I tell people, you know, when folks in the woo-woo world are doing things, this is all a mind game. This is all with your head, and it's not a physical thing. It's strictly with your head and your heart, and that's, and you've got to come from a position of love. Um, You know, when I do a scan on somebody, mine's, a little different than some people because I really kind of come up here and it starts to scan almost like an MRI. It starts to go through like this. And if I find a spot all of a sudden in the brain, I have a choice. I can either stop and talk to that spot or I can just make note of it and then continue to go all the way down through the body and get the spots that are, you know, uh, uh, of problems, I guess I would say, and then go back to and address each one of them. And I typically ask for the one that's the most important to that person's health. And i will go back and you can actually talk to, and this sounds so weird, I get it, but you can talk to the consciousness of a whatever, a spot on the liver, uh, so to speak. And why are you here? What do you represent? Who are you here for? this kind of thing. And, um, you know, what emotion helped move you into this position that you manifested, uh, in a, in a physical sense. Uh, And are you serving a purpose or, or is this something that's can be done away with? Have its already purpose already been served? So there's a lot of questions, because you. I put on my you know investigator hat, detective hat as the case may be, and I Brian. really start quizzing them over back and forth. And I think for those of us that come from a law enforcement background and interview and interrogation on a daily basis for 30 plus years, uh, boy, we get really good at that. And I have no problem talking to a whatever entity, um, in the same form and fashion, and people ask sometimes, "Was well, this stuff ever scare you? You know, a demon or something? Get a forty-five stuck to your head, cocked and locked, and they're going to blow your skull off? Then you could get a little scared there if you wish, right? But this other stuff, no, it doesn't scare me because you guys haven't lived a real life." <laughs> <laughs> so you've had some of these other things happen, and then that's really scary. Okay, so I don't know. For me, uh, my mind's more like an MRI, and I go down through it that way, and I find these spots and pieces. And then sometimes, even these spots and pieces will tend to have almost a bit of a personality themselves. Right uh, now, if you're going to talk churchy church, because you know I got the reverend title in there too, uh, you can. That's what people would call those things: uh, an attachment or a demon. And you can take the church-to-church church approach, or you can take the science approach. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but ultimately, what you're trying to do is remove some low-vibration energy from an area that uh, it's not benefiting.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I agree with everything that, that you're saying. You know what? And as you're talking, the amount of hats that you wear is an absolutely amazing to me. Like you went from you know, being connected to the church. I know in your past about the law enforcement, about the, you know the martial arts, the boxing, the training. It's absolutely, you and Tom are just amazing to me.
1: Well, likewise, that's why I like enjoy, enjoy talking to police officers. People have no idea how well-rounded they really are in most cases, especially those that have advanced themselves through into specialties. They really went to school all the time. And I think anytime you can bring the synergy of all those different parts and pieces to uh, any one particular event and you're drawing from all that just makes you that much better practitioner. Correct. Yeah, awesome. So let me ask you this. Um, how many people would you say, and I this is a guess because I, I understand I would be in the same boat if somebody asked me this, but how many people would you say you practiced on before you did your first public event?
2: Oh, wow. You know, it's interesting about that. That's a great question. What's interesting about that is that I never wanted to do any of this. I was just looking at living a life where I was more open to the truth because I didn't want to disappoint myself by saying that I followed a philosophy or an education that wasn't based on the truth. And so my initial um, approach to this was... Let me just learn for myself and that's it. Along the way to validate whether or not the communication I was receiving was credible or not, you know, I would just do practice readings on people and I would meet him at the Starbucks, in the library, on a corner, in a car, <laughs> just yep. because I wanted to learn for myself and show the credibility. Is this really, really true? Is there a communication within our spirit? And uh, I think it was about a year and a half to two years into it. So about two years worth, say I did, you know, 300 readings that all of a sudden I got inspired to do a group, but in a public way. And I think, Tara, this is what we were talking about, that divinely we're going to be challenged. We're going to be inspired to push ourselves to go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And so... I thought it was going to be a one-time thing just to prove it. And that's it. And after that event, there was like 21 people that attended the event. And the feedback was very positive. And then people started calling me for additional readings and wanting to sponsor me. And and I said to myself, I never wanted to do this. And I still don't want to do it. But there's a difference between what we mentally want and what we spiritually need. And so I've learned, to, I've learned to surrender control and ownership over my life to what I'm being inspired to do. And I'm glad that I had that approach because since then, there's been so many personal miracles that's happened to me and my family, but also to, to other people that I'm super proud of.
1: Yeah. You know, I do tell my students something similar. I said, you know, just don't get hung up on the phenomenon. Yes. Um, you know, that is really a secondary thing. Just keep climbing closer and closer to the creator. As yes. you get closer to the creator, these other things will be given unto you. Some people may remember that, some certain scripts. Yes. Um, and you'll get all this. You know, you'll become, I mean, look at Jesus, what a psychic medium. I mean, yes. duh. Yes. <laughs> They call him anything other than that. I mean, he is a complete 100% psychic medium, complete contact with the creator, you know, at the 100% level. So, yes. um, from, from the creator's mouth to his ear, you know, and vice versa. So, yeah, he said, What I do, you shall do, and greater. Well, I
2: believe him.
3: 100%. What you said, that's
2: my favorite line. Tara, go you. Go you for saying that. That's my favorite line. That was actually in the first book that I wrote. Oh, that right. line, yeah.
1: There you go. How about that? Great minds think alike, don't
2: they? 100%.
1: <laughs> very cool, very cool. Um, is there a particular story that you've had? I mean, obviously you've done a lot of these that really resonates with kind of, kind of wraps up your totality of the benefit that you get as a giver because you're really giving of your time and your energy and your connection to somebody you had a particular reading or something that really made made your day and it still resonates with you that this is one of the reasons I'm into this.
2: Yeah, yeah, um again it's I use I I do this again because I'm being inspired to do it. But what benefits me is the education that I continue to get that I use in my own life um, to I guess progress it or to evolve it. So I am so grateful for all the little stories that you're asking me to speak about that tell a specific education because the education's differently. And yes, I, there's so many of them. Um, the one, one that pops into my head right now that um, I usually use at my galleries was in preparing for an event, um, I think the room held like 35 people, a little boy around the age of uh, 12 years old approached me and said, my name is Nick. And I died from a medical disease that happened in my head and my living loved one or someone that's connected to my living loved one is out there in the audience. And so, you know, he shares his name with Nick And all that information. I then walk out into the event and I give my opening greetings and I can see him standing in front of a woman. So that's the first reading that I do. So I share all the information. He's around 12. His name is Nick. He's talking about a medical condition happened in his head. It's maybe cancer. And he said he passed away and he says that he's connected to you. And the woman says, absolutely not. There's nobody in my family like that. There's nobody that I personally know t- to um, like that. No friends of mine. And I said, Are you sure? And she said, Yes, absolutely not. And so I went back and showing blind faith again. I talked to Nick again. And Nick says, Nope, she's connected to me. And I my response to her is what you just said isn't true. So telling someone not that they're lying, but but Debating them that, no, it is connected to you when they're saying no, again, is an act of blind faith in the part of us that's spiritual and showing a respect for that communication. So I said, go outside of your family into your work area because he's showing me a picture of her work. And then she goes, oh, my God. She says, I have a there's a supervisor at my job that I've never spoken to. But just the other day, I overheard her say she lost her son who's 12 years old and his name was Nick. So I said, Here's what he wants me to do. I said, He's asking me for you to show a personal courage. He's asking you to show a faith that if he's here and he's giving, he's sharing this information with you, that to please share it with his mom because he's trying to reach her and everything's going to go well. Because her first approach is her mental. Her mental thinking's going, it's not going to work out well. What if it's too soon? What if she says, get away from me? I'm not interested in any of this. He's, all had, he's sharing that he has a preconceived understanding. It's all going to work out if she just shows courage. So she does. Sure enough, the woman breaks down in tears, gives her a hug and says, thank you so much for sharing this with me and attends my next event secretly. And sure enough, her son stands in front of her and shares all the information. And it was just an amazing experience. I think that it was about love. It was about everybody. If they just do their part in a loving way, if they just speak the truth, that this outcome, this synergistic outcome is capable of happening more often than what we think. Absolutely. Yeah, I
1: I tell people, you know, if you're going to do this for a living, you need to uh stock in Kleenex. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you're going to need a lot of them. And, uh, you know, uh, as you, as you know, I, I went in for surgery here, not too long ago for, for a, a knee replacement, you know, so, and, uh, but I had three nurses crying, one in pre-op one in post-op and one up in my room. And um, it was all from giving readings. Because I've tried readings when I've been in MRIs. Under the influence of, you know, um, drugs from from doctors, you know, to see if I could still do it. Just because I like to challenge myself. Yes, And I, I was able to do, I've been able to do it every time. You know nothing more fun than sitting in an MRI and you're giving the MRI um, <laughs> really? guy, you know, reading about his grandmother in the farm, and you're describing the whole damn thing to him, and he's like, "What the hell?" Because I want to see if it interfered at all. And right. since you're completely outside the body, it does not interfere at all. And you're able to do it. It's really kind of cool. I I,
3: I enjoy we just, doing that kind of stuff. this? I would say. <laughs> say that again, Tommy i just put a disclaimer on this if anyone in the audience has these skill sets i would not suggest doing this pre-op
2: <laughs> yeah, tom, can, you, can, you imagine, can you imagine terry tom in the middle of like he's heavily sedated under anesthesia and as they're working on him he pops up and goes oh and one more thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: that you know hey i've had that done i had a spinal injection, and I gave readings to um, virtually every crew member there. And the, and 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 one lady had a particular question, and they waited till after they had given me you know, squirted the juice in, and then they asked the question, and I I went ahead and answered it, and they all said, "That's what you told her. You're right. You're right. You're right." They're like this, you know. And then the Doc walks in, he goes, "Hey." I understand you're giving readings to everybody. And he's, I said, yeah, but I'm not going to give you one. I got something for you, but not until after we're done. Cause I may have to kill you if you hurt me. So, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, after it was done, then I would do it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it was fun. And, and I enjoy doing that. I have a, I, I told my wife, you know, I said, I can't imagine anything more fun than just traveling around the United States, just giving readings to people out of the blue. Um, that would just be a blast to do that. And, um, you know if you would make a living at it great you know uh, but just being able to do it just in general is is just fun
2: oh absolutely you and tom are going to be on the road soon you watch
1: very likely <laughs> like, we've been asked many times to be on the road, and we've been on the road in other genres, as you know, um, speaking and doing conferences and books and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So, but it's been such a uh, God's uh, blessing to uh, get the opportunity to talk to people such as yourself and people who have these skill sets and be able to, you know, kind of drag out of you. And sometimes it's not that hard, sometimes it's pretty easy, but uh, to get your stories so that the people out there can understand, hey, you know, I might be able to do this myself, or at least if I can't do it, or don't feel like I can, I can at least understand, you know, these people are not super weirdos. Um, They're not devil worshipers. Um, They are folks who have just got themselves in high tune, high high energy, high vibration connection with the creator and all that is, which is everything all together in one, as they always say, we are one. Uh, And so I think that's just been fascinating to be able to do that.
2: You know, it's amazing um, to go along with what you're saying is how many people have so many similar experiences, but then when you think too much, you dismiss them. Yes. And you don't, you don't follow up with the education. Like, how am I able to do this? Like a simple, a simple moment where you had a gut feeling, like you just knew information that was based on the truth and you'll touch here. And all I did was I said, that's not me thinking, how, is, how did I get that information? And then I started this process of saying, wait, I was inspired with it. I feel like it came from outside of myself. I said, it resonated as the truth with me. And then also I feel like it served some kind of loving purpose or some kind of loving guidance for me to pursue. And then I started putting together that four little steps going that's my spirit and then as you show faith that there's a communication that we all have i got away from oh it was a gut feeling you know i instinctively knew and started started to give it the respect that it deserved
3: and how many people have that experience where they go i have a gut feeling and then they think it away yes and it's amazing on, it's almost always relationships yes Right. And then in the backside, they go, I knew better. Why did I? You hear yes. It
2: it's amazing, Tom, right? You have the two voices inside of you.
3: Hmm. Yeah. We think we're losing our mind because you know, why can't they communicate and get on the same page?
1: Correct. <laughs> you have to be kind of a, a demanding ass is what I call it, you know, and you, you have to just, you know, say, Hey, you know, is that me or is it, come on boys, give me a little, a little more, a little more, because if you don't know, and you're, you're having a hard time discerning, I always say discernment's the greatest gift being able to discern, you know, it's just huge. Um, But if you don't know if it's me or if it's from the other side, you got to keep asking the question, clear the chalkboard, try again. And, and it's gotta be something that comes in that something you wouldn't normally say or do, because they're going to use your clip art, and most people who do use computers know what clip art is, and we all have our own version of clip art. You know, you might have 1.1, I have 1.2, it has (laughs) 1.3, you know, and our our clip art's created by our experiences in life, um, our education, our experiences, our interactions, and so they'll draw from our clip art to create a communication with us. Yes, through through all five of those senses using the sixth sense, which is the gateway to the other five. Um, And that's how it's expressed. And I think really, we have to really, really concentrate sometimes to make sure we are giving accurate information. I always tell people, if you can get a medium to the 70% mark of accuracy. You're doing really well. Most mediums want to be at 100% or 95% or way up there. Uh, because we don't want to give people erroneous information and sometimes we hold back if we're not 100% sure we hold back and just won't tell people um everything but sometimes if you let it all hang out something that sounds so crazy to you as the medium means a hell of a lot to somebody else you know I don't know if you run into that or not
2: yes um there's so many moments in my galleries that I'll say to myself exactly what you said, Ter, that how does this even make sense? So just recently, just yesterday or the day before, um, there was a father spirit I was communicating with um, to a woman, and he's telling me, you know, his age that he passed, he's telling me his name, he's telling me all these different details um, about himself, and He also brings up the fact that this morning, in the morning time, he saw his daughter um, icing a cake um, with her son and gave the son's name. And she's going, oh, my God, that's true. He then shows me what looks to be like a calendar and is talking about the personal pictures on the calendar. And when I bring this up to her, she says... That makes total sense to me. It made no sense to me whatsoever. She says, I'm in the process of making a calendar and I'm putting all different family photos, including photos of my father on the calendar. So that when people go from month to month they're gonna see a different set of photos that have to do with family experiences. And I'm gonna give it as a gift Christmas time to my family. Here's a guy in spirit proving that he's alive. He's telling his living loved ones, "This is what you did earlier, and this is what you're in the process of doing." To me, that's the greatest proof in the world.
1: Yes, yes. absolutely. Which you know, uh, let's talk a bit a bit about prophecy, and also maybe a little on Akashic records. Um, this all kind of blends together, and for our listeners. You know, prophecy is obviously predicting things of the future, and I, I always consider prophecy typically a little more wide-ranging than just an individual reading. It's it's a bigger reading, you know, for a country or the world or whatever the case may be. But some people just call prophecy an individual right. thing, but it's it's a wide scope. Uh And then and then akashic records from the akash uh, Sanskrit name for you know basically what Christians would call the uh, Book of Life. In other words, a a book of uh, all your soul's activities that has ever taken place with your soul. And and I will tell people, you know, if you don't believe in reincarnation, then none of this is going to make any sense to you. And the way you would read the Bible or any other script um, will make a complete difference if you read it from the perspective of reincarnation. So as we start to go into this, I want the listeners to understand it. Uh, This is based on understanding you go round and round and round, you just keep coming back um, into a body and inhabit that for uh, purposes of soul growth and helping others as well as yourself, of course. So what have you run into prophecy wise and and or Akashic record wise as you do these things?
2: Um, You know, when you talk about prophecy, I had a moment earlier this year where my mother and my father both are going through medically challenging times in the beginning of the year, January. They were both diagnosed with advanced dementia. My father's advanced dementia quickly took a turn for the worst. He was placed in, well, we we put him into the the hospital um, based on inactivity in his head, thinking he might've had a stroke. While he first is admitted to the hospital, I said to myself, can I see, is he going to come out of the hospital or is this the last time I'm going to see him? Is he going to eventually pass away under their care? Now, the doctors started speaking in such a way that he should be there for like two days and then he's going to be released home. And the initial tests don't show any kind of stroke in his head. So they're just chalking it up to advanced dementia. My sister who passed away two years ago um, from stage four cancers. I then said to myself, can I communicate with her and can she give me insight? Is it possible? And so I took time, um, quieted myself uh, disconnected from noise from around me inside of my home. And just like when I do at my events, I started a communication with what I believe to be my sister. She then shares with me and shows me vision, through visions that tell you a story that dad's not going to last long in the hospital. He's going to pass away on Monday at 12 o'clock, specifically Monday, specifically at 12 o'clock, and I'm gonna be there. I was given the right to be there to help him cross over. Now, this is a week before on a Tuesday, so she's saying six days later. Sure enough, he took a turn for the worse under their care, and he slowly started going downhill. We expected to take him home within a day. On Monday, at 12 o'clock, as I'm ready to go out the door to go and see him in a hospital, I get a phone call. And the nurse said, I'm sorry to tell you that your father just passed away. And so right at the time that my sister said, right on the day that she said, but also what she has said is that I'm gonna be there to make sure he transitions into the next world, which we couldn't ask for anything more comforting to that. If the credible information comes through that proves itself, then knowing that she was there to cross him over is something that we all wish for. Absolutely. So to me, that was a prophecy. That was something that did come true. Since then, it's happened on several other occasions, but that was, that was one of the first ones where you know, I communicated with my sister who passed. Yeah.
1: Have you noticed your sister helping you out in events or has she showed up from time to time or she strictly stick to the family stuff?
2: She, um, she has showed up at the events, but she also too, um, fast forward, um, she also too um, actually communicated with me through a different spirit medium. So I never go for It's very rare that I go for readings almost like never but I was inspired to do an online session with a spirit medium who was nationally well known. And there was a group of like 400 people and he was on for like maybe an hour and a half. And after an hour, he had like, he did six people. So I'm ready to leave the group knowing there's like 25 minutes left. And all of a sudden my sister said, nope, I'm the next one. And I said, no way. And so I waited for the next reading, and sure enough, he began and said, "I'm connected to a sister spirit who passed from cancer, who passed on July 8th, and that's exactly when she passed." She then said, "We worked together um, during her life, and when I, which he meant working together, was my understanding about the spiritual life." Benefited her when she crossed over, and she wanted me to know that the education I gave her prior to her passing is all true. It was the coolest thing. That's awesome. I was was one of 420 people that got a reading on that day. As I say,
1: you can't make this shit up.
2: Can't make it up.
1: No. It's inspiring.
2: It's inspiring to
1: people, right, Tara? Truly. Truly, it is. I mean, my daughter died when she was 24 and she comes through all the time uh she's uh constantly at my side assisting um trying to direct and help and and she said hey dad i'm going to be your wingman rock on let's coolest do it thing. it is the coolest thing you know and uh you know so when you get one of those close relatives that have passed and they're, they're still hanging with you. Um, it gives you a sense, especially when you're dealing with other people who are losing in the process of loss coming or have just lost someone, you can relate to them directly. And also the fact that, you know, Hey, I'm still talking to my daughter. You're still talking to your sister. Um, man, that gives them a little hope, a little inspiration. Of course, they'd never believe they can do it themselves, but they believe you can do it for them. But, um, I get that. And it is a little challenging sometimes to talk to your own relatives. It's so much easier. It seems to talk to other people's relatives um, because there's not the emotional connection. And I do know that when people do pass, it, it is sometimes a, takes a while before they'll actually connect to you because of the emotions that's going to cause you when you make the connection and i've noticed with other mediums and stuff that that's sometimes the case although i will say in in my particular case that you know my daughter was actually hooked up to machinery and you know we had to pull the plug kind of situation But she had, Uh we were driving to the hospital and she came to me as we were driving to the hospital. So I knew she was already out of body and she, she came through and daddy, daddy, here's what happened. She was telling me the whole story about what actually occurred. And I was trying to relay it to to my wife as quickly as possible. And then whoosh, she was gone, you know, like that. So by the time we actually arrived, I mean, I already knew the story, uh, which was fantastic, but, um, but she does not talk to certain members of the family just because they get too emotional about it. And they don't want to upset, upset them.
2: Tom, do you feel it rewarding based on your perspective now where there's a spiritual side that your daughter is fine?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that the daughter's fine is gives me a great sense of relief. And I mean, I, I get it better than other parts of my family because I'm... I'm at a relaxed state with it she's fine she's happy she's good talking to her as much now as i did when she was you know in the physical so i'm all good with that so yep i know tommy you've had that same thing with some of your family members too you know them showing up and you know some extended family and that kind of thing
3: yeah they show up a little differently i don't usually get that back and forth conversation i always have the sense of knowing stuff and i always say Things like, I don't know why I'm about to say this, but that's yes. how it for me. It's a little bit different presentation.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: People, they had challenges talking to their family in the body. So how the hell is it going to work in the spirit?
1: <laughs> <laughs> easier, actually, easier. You don't have all the crap that goes along with being in the body. So what about Akashic Records? I mean, for people who don't know, Akashic Records, typically we think of past lives, although it could be future lives. Um, any any experience with past lives for folks?
2: Yes, um, you know, again, being open to an education about this because that's always been, um, I guess, the the road that I was interested in, in having these personal experiences, but then extracting the education from it all. So in the very beginning, I started seeing um, people's spirit in different bodies in in prior lives so i started i started exploring it and realized oh it made sense to me that a spirit has different life experiences in different bodies but it's still the same spirit so when people talk about past lives it's almost like past jobs to me that your spirit had and when i started pursuing it i started I started getting specific information about where they were, names of their families, the circumstances of their death. But also, too, I started, I started getting connected to life lessons that weren't realized. So a lot of times something happened to them, and into this particular life, they brought a fear with them of some kind of past experience that they didn't have control over. So I said, okay, let's take it a next step. And let me see if I can do a past life reading on someone who's been to a past life regressionist first. So I found several people like that, that have already been to a past life regressionist and found it to be validating and credible. I said, let's see if I can come up with the same lives that they did in the past, that they proved themselves. And sure enough, that was true. I didn't get them all, I think I got three of the four. And, <laughs> and the, the other one that I got connected to was much different than the last one that they had through the life regressionist, past life regressionists. but it doesn't mean it wasn't true. So yeah, I think validation is key. And I think that's always been my goal, just to prove this communication and give people an education about how it works.
1: Absolutely, well, as a master hypnotherapist and regressionist,
2: more hats, you
1: dude. Let me tell you something. When I those hats on that wall keep on growing, <laughs> I can tell you it is a lot of fun to go back and do a past life regression with folks, and it's so healing. And I have used that many times for some significant, significant healing where people have had really major issues yes. and when they find out that this was a soul memory coming from yes. a past life and we go through this release process uh, while we're in the hypnotherapy um, and then they wake up and you know boom uh, it's gone and they have no problems anymore it is completely totally resolved and f- absolutely phenomenal to see that and, and also I'm very fortunate <laughs> I know most people can't do this but Uh, I can, even if somebody else is doing a regression on a third party, so I'm just watching, I can actually, and I've done this before, I I remember had a nurse sitting beside me, and I I was writing very, very fast as this person was getting on the couch, and the regressionist was just beginning to give instructions, and, and I'm writing very fast, and I'm going page after page after page after page, and I handed her five pages, and she goes, what's this, what's this? I said, that's what they're going to talk about. And She yes. went through and he went in, went to his hypnosis and she was going check, 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 next page, check, check, check. And she goes, how in the hell did you not even sketched a little picture? And he was talking and describing a picture. It was of Atlantis, but I'd already sketched out the picture, what it looked like and blah, blah, blah. And she had it there. And she's like, this,
2: this is nuts. You yes. see this before it happens. Said, yeah, sure. It's already
1: happened. Why would I not see it?
2: Well, that's the great stories, Tara, that, you know, I'm so, that's why I'm so grateful for people like you and Tom that have these podcasts that can educate people. Like this is something we're all capable of. This is something that over time, when you show faith in, you nurture it and it grows this communication, this awareness, being aware of energy that tells you a story. So compliments to both of you guys for, for having this podcast and its success too. Yeah. Well, um, as we
1: get ready to wrap this up, I mean, if people want to get a hold of you, Rich, what's the what's, way would you prefer them get a hold of you? I mean, we'll certainly put it up here on the uh, on the podcast, but you know, what do you want to tell folks huh? how to get a hold of you and why should they get a hold of you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, thank you so much for 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 that opportunity. Um, yes, um, I do do services. I have um, I have services that I provide where I do personal readings for people. Um, talking to people's loved ones in spirit, also medical intuition, um, also spiritual insight, guidance, and also I educate people on how to do this communication themselves. Unfortunately, um, I'm booked up for like a year and a half in advance, so I stopped taking um, any kind of requests for, uh, you know, personal sessions. Um, So, anyone who is interested, I apologize beforehand, Um, but yeah, right currently, right now, I just, I temporarily stopped. I still do uh, events, you know, anywhere from like 12 to 13 a month uh, publicly uh, in New Jersey and uh, also in Pennsylvania. So, please come to one of my events, but if somebody does want to get in contact with me, an email address uh, or my website just getting contact me through the website would probably be best. It's expandingthepresence.com.
1: Expandingthepresence.com. Very good. Yeah. Tommy, you got anything before we wrap it up?
3: And I just appreciate you stepping forward and doing what you do. Um, you know, especially coming from that background, as we uh, we know that what a challenge that is to step outside that box and the risk it so, entails. So, thank you for doing that and sharing your story today with everybody. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, so true, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are both a blessing to my life and many, many other people. Continue doing what you're doing, please. Absolutely. We will
1: certainly do that. And thanks for your service uh, in the world, uh, for police work and continued service, you know, in, in this metaphysical world, because, you know, both things are very much needed, one in the physical and one in the mental and uh, Lord knows we're mental already. So, but
3: uh, <laughs> we wouldn't have been
1: in law enforcement to begin with. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, well, very good, Rich. I love talking to you. We need to sit down and have a beer one of these days and just, ha- and and just go on and on how we'll probably end up in a holiday in somewhere, uh, just keep talking. So, but uh, for everybody else out there that can't sit down and have a beer with us, uh, we, we will do our best to relay our, uh, our information to you in this format or others. So uh, Rich, uh, County, man. Thanks for being on on board. And uh, we'll talk to everybody else later and we'll see you on the next podcast. For all of us here at the Metaphysical Mysteries, we're out.